Who are you? Franklin Figueroa, a.k.a. Frankie Figs. I work for Yanni Gogolak. Oh, my God. So, where's Jimmy? Look, I swear. Oh! <clears throat> my brother, believe me, you don't want to dance with me all night before a scumbag like Jimmy T. Oh. Oh. Save yourself the pain. Look, I really have no idea. I may know where he is. Well, all right. But don't tell me. Let's go tell Yanni. Okay. You mind if I piss a little blood first? Please, by all means. Nice. <laughs> Hi, Norm. Hi, Angelo. What's up? Bull, we've decided to take you to Jupiter. Florida? No, no, Bull. Jupiter, the planet. <laughs> but you said you weren't aliens. We lied. <laughs> Bull, we need you. You can help us solve our most pressing problem. Why, why, you'd be a hero. You'd have a real purpose. You mean, I'd be somebody? Yes. You'd be the guy who would reach the stuff on our top shelves. <laughs> so, will you come? Okay. Chris Gowser here with Matt Howell. And this week on The First Run, we connect with our inner Gen Z child and answer the question, what if Chuck E. Cheese was a homicidal maniac when we check out Five Nights at Freddy's? Then we feel the gaping, raunchy sex comedy hole in our life with Jennifer Lawrence and No Hard Feelings. As always, there's the big releases on physical media, our straight-to-DVD and streaming picks of the week. Then we give you our picks on how to ease into this whole horror fandom thing with our five gateway horror recommendations. So let's cheat at Skeetball and get some tickets with FNAF. Hi, this is Mike. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes. The security guard. I will take anything. This place was huge in the 80s with the kids. They shut it down years ago. The owner's just not ready to let it go yet. I will work and you will sleep. I understand. Give me your hand. All you have to do is keep your eyes on the monitor. Welcome to Freddy Fazbear's, where fantasy and fun come to life. Okay. You must be a new security guard. Can I uh, help you, officer? Have you met them yet? Met who? Them. Matt, Five Minute Freddy's is the adaptation of the insanely popular, from what I understand, video game series, a game that I have never played in any capacity. I am tangentially aware of its existence, and that's that's it for me. That's all I knew. So what is this film all about? And is uh, First Run Junior, I believe you did take her to go see this, 
So was this a big event for her? What were her thoughts? All right. Well, first, let's start off what this film is about. So Josh Hutcherson plays a young man who has some mental issues. His parents have unfortunately passed away, and he is responsible for taking care of his baby sister. Um, there's money struggles. He has mental issues that are keeping him from holding down a job. So he ends up taking a job at the abandoned local chain version of, of Chuck E. Cheese called Freddy Fazbear's Pizza, where was shut down due to some weird circumstances back in the past. Well, it turns out that Freddy Fazbear and his friends, uh, the animatronic that, you know, performs, what was the 80s hit that they performed in this? I, I forget. I think they do, uh, uh, it's, um, the, the, uh, Dancing in Your Sleep, something like that. What is it? The romantic. Oh yeah, the right. Yeah, that's right. That is that is exactly right. Um, they play that song. Well, it turns out they're alive, and they don't like people messing with them, and they will kill you if you do. Talking in your sleep, not dancing in your sleep. It's talking yeah. in your sleep. Yeah, yeah. We were, we got confused with some. I think we got some Billy Idol in there. Cross cross the streams on that a little bit, but which is weird because Billy Billy Idol songs are not in this film, from what I can recall. <laughs> Anyway, through the whole lyrics of the song through my head, like (laughs) like on times ten speed, I'm like, I know that's not right. I know that's not right. Right. Then I got to the chorus, and I was like, Oh yeah, talking. But you was right. It was the romantics. Um, Mm -hmm. So first run junior was really really excited about this. She was so stoked to watch this, and she loved it. Super into Five Nights at Freddy's. Really deep dive into all the lore. There's plenty of other games associated with this. Apparently, there's a huge fandom associated with this thing. And she was all about it. Now, we were supposed to go with some of her friends. They backed out. So then it was just me and her. And she decided, you know what? Let's just stay at home and watch it on Peacock. So that's what we did. Oh, look at you. Mm -hmm. I think you made a mistake because I went to the uh, Dolby Theater to see it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 1 p.m. Sure. Packed screening. I mean, packed. Mm-hmm. Kids everywhere. And they were a hooting and a hollering all the way through, particularly when a waiter shows up okay. and a taxi driver guy shows up. Right. So like, I, those were the two biggest responses. Right. And I'm like, all right, this is clearly a film not made for somebody who is not invested in this property yeah you we are officially out of the loop on this luckily i had my daughter sitting right there and she informed me that those are both youtubers who's built their channel on discussing five nights at freddy's so that's the significance of why they're there oh that's it yeah well i mean like maybe one of them was like the voice actor mm. or like something or involved one of them was the creator of the series no no none of that i mean here's the thing all right to these kids these days, you know, my daughter has been on record and I've said this many times that I'm not a movie person. Those are, that is a direct quote from my daughter. That's got to hurt. Yeah. It, well, and here's the thing. They don't watch TV either. They watch YouTube and we, my niece, I was out with my niece and nephew and my daughter and they saw a YouTuber that they recognized and you would thought that like Brad Pitt had walked into the restaurant like they were that starstruck by these people and i don't get it i mean obviously i guess that just means i'm old at this point but to them these are like superstar people 
You know, years ago, um, former co-host Dave, who just, you know, one day just disappeared hiking through the Everglades and was never heard from again. Uh, he said that to me years ago. He says, you don't understand this. YouTube is going to be massive, right? People are going to be watching YouTube and not like television. That's what the future is going to be. And on that one very slim thing, I think that he he may have been correct about that. It certainly applies to the youth, that's for sure. So, all right. So I guess we'll have to have you interject maybe some more first run junior stuff uh, if you think it's if it fits. But Matt, what were your thoughts on Five Nights at Freddy's? Have you played the game at all? Were you familiar with it? No. So no, I haven't played the game, but I've seen some of the videos that you know my daughter had put on and would show me but basically the gameplay of the game is you're of the original anyway is you are a security guard in a restaurant that has these killer animatronics and basically what you got to do is it's a horror game and if you take your eyes off of them you got to survive five days they'll like come and kill you so like there's this whole thing where you got to maintain the cameras and like the cameras will move and then suddenly the bat like Freddy will be like right there in front of you and that's kind of how the gameplay works. Yeah. Okay. So, well, what were your thoughts about the film then, as an into- individual entity, as its own product, walking into it as just a you know regular Joe handsome? Yeah. What were your thoughts? <laughs> right. Right. Um, I enjoyed it well enough. I mean, I think it's a. You know, I don't think it's anything groundbreaking. It didn't really kind of move me or anything like that. But I didn't think it was bad. I mean, there's certainly some creepy moments in it. For a PG-13 bloodless horror film, I thought it was fine. I mean, a lot of it's really convoluted with some of its lore and, like, backstory and all this stuff that we're supposed to kind of be draw-dropping, you know, reveals and things like that. None of that stuff really worked for me. But when you have the killer robots, you know, killing people, I I thought that was that was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I mean, I've seen some really terrifying PG-13 horror films in my day. And uh, this doesn't even sniff those films. I think it suffers from, a, I think, a real lack of scares. It's, and it also doesn't seem to have any real kind of intensity behind it either. I found it kind of wholly unremarkable. I think it's fine. And I would say more PG-12. You know, I mean, it's... It definitely, listen, it's a film that was made for its audience, given the reactions of all the kids around me saying it was like the greatest thing they'd ever seen. Everybody loved it. And I'm like, all right, well, that's, yeah, it's, it's fine. It's whatever, you know, I mean, I just, like I said, sometimes things just aren't meant for you, but if this worked for its audience and given the box office numbers, I think it's the most successful Bloomhouse film they've ever had, given the budget, budget to box office ratio, we're going to see more of these clearly fine i guess you know if it helps keep the studios afloat a little longer and they got this built-in audience and the kids like it then good for them you know i think the mystery at the core of the film as to what happened to to uh hutcherson's brother or and also how that potentially ties in with the uh i guess possessed animatronics eh. Yeah, and and, it, and it's, it's it's oddly like needlessly dense. I think at times in an attempt to add depth to a story that's, I think maybe even would have been a little better off if it ran a little leaner than it does. I mean, this thing clocks in in almost two hours. So, as a f- standalone film for me to watch, yeah, 
it's really nothing special. It's it's fine, you know. And, and I'll say it's, it's a good enough entry for kids who are beginning to explore horror, especially if they have that relationship with the property previously. But it is a, I think, a bit of a slog at times, punctuated with some barely creepy moments for me, man. Right. I think I think the the film wouldn't be as successful with its target audience if it didn't have that density to it. Oh yeah, no. Because she was like. You know, she wanted to stop and like explain shit to me like every five minutes. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, at some point I was like, okay, like I get it. Let's just watch the movie. You know, like I understand there's like a whole backstory to this thing. It's already two hours long. Let's not make it three. Yeah. I, uh, but what's interesting about it, really interesting about it to me was I'm sitting there because of, you know, my decades and decades of watching film, like I'm familiar with story beats and I'm like, Oh, I bet this is yeah. going to be happening. Like, I bet you that's going to be this and this. And she's like, no, uh, no, because she, all they watch is YouTube. They're not used to watching these kind of storytelling beats. Right. So to her, it like was blowing her mind. And I'm like, no, like, look, like that's, this is going to happen. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And you know, she was fascinated that we were able to point all that out because she's just not used to watching stuff like that. That's good. I would have, could have gone worse. She could. You could have ruined it for her right. by telling her what was going to happen next. I appreciate she was able to go with the flow of that. Yeah. So good for her. Yeah. Uh, I Mary Stuart Mashton shows up mm. as kind of the wicked stepmother, yeah. which I, uh, I I always enjoy when she pops up. I haven't seen her in, in, in a bit of a while, and of course Matthew Lillard himself. Yeah. A man who, after the first Scream film, I don't know if I ever wanted to see a film ever again. <laughs> is doing some yeoman's work here i think he is he is fine in this as well it's it's fine matt as it says it's fine and therefore it gets a c from me yeah i think grading on the curve of what it is and the fact that it's a video game movie made for the youtube generation Mm -hmm. i'm gonna give it a c plus i thought it was fine i mean i'm I'm, and i'm happy that my daughter enjoyed it i'm sure her friends enjoyed it you know if they ended up seeing it yeah i think one of her friends he texted her and was like he'd already seen it on peacock and he's like it's the greatest thing i've ever seen so like you know like that, that you know I'm, I'm happy that they enjoyed it at least maybe it'll be a gateway that they'll start giving movies a chance whereas instead of watching you know markiplier play video games for the a millionth time yeah so uh are you is she open then to uh some new other horror films or just movies in general now because she enjoyed this so much i don't know i mean yeah. She hasn't really she hasn't really expressed any interest. I mean, what's weird is that she'll just randomly decide to watch a movie like like and she won't tell any of us. Like she watched um what was that uh, Disney period movie like Turning Red or whatever. She like watched that, you know, like and she didn't tell anybody she was watching it, but most of the time even like Disney movies and stuff, picks new Pixar movies, I can't I can't get her into it. I mean, I I got her to go see she said she wanted to go see Across the Spider-Verse, so we went and watched that. And then I made her go see TMNT with me, Mutant Mayhem with me. And she ended up enjoying that a little bit, but like this had her excited. Oh, all right. Well, good for her. Good for you. I'm glad you guys had a nice time on the couch. Mm-hmm. You get a chance to see Freddy's... <laughs> I keep wanting to see Freddy's Nightmare or Freddy's Got oh. Freddy Fingered or whatever, but go ahead. Uh, one, I meant to ask you this, and I apologize while you're wrapping up, but how does this compare to the ripoff of uh, with the banana splits uh, that you were watching? Ah, that's a good question. They're both bad. <laughs> I think Splits is 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 a, is, a, is an R film. It's a little more violent, 
So I think I'd probably go with that just because of my internal psychological issues. I'd probably uh, watch Splits again before I'd watch this. It's more just more adult fair. This is this film is not made for me really in any capacity. Okay. So and I'll say too, Emma Tammy, who is the uh, director of this film and helped contribute uh, to the screenplay, she's gonna make out. Yeah. Because she only got paid where I read on the lines uh, 500k, but she gets a bit on the back end. Yep. So uh, this is a big success, like we said, and so hopefully she gets a little payout out of that. Unless, of course, they do that those you know crazy uh, movie accounting things where they did yeah, where, like, like well, it didn't make any money, kind of thing. Yeah, really. what was like the big one, like Star Wars or something. Yeah, it still has a turn of profit technically. <laughs> yeah, insane. Yeah, but feedback. Yeah, go ahead. But I, I what's always funny I, again, I keep threatening to drop off X or Twitter. It's. It's such a cesspool. Like people are getting all been out of shape Ugh. about how she only got five hundred thousand dollars. Like, and I feel like chiming. I, I couldn't chime in every single one. Like, so that's what Robert Downey Jr. got. That's what like Hemsworth got yeah. less I mean, because they were smart and they took a back end because they thought they were believed in their work kind of thing. So that's what mm-hmm. you do. Like, you don't pay somebody thirty million and give them the back end. That's yep. just stupid. Anyway, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. Rant there over. There you go. Ask Jack Nicholson in yeah. Batman, right? So. There you go. I'm just gonna get it out now. Is it gonna work? Go ahead. Uh, feedback at thefirstrun.com. <laughs> just an email. I'd be able to know your thoughts on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Matt, let's talk about what's coming up in physical media this upcoming Tuesday, November seventh. This is getting released in 4K. I ordered on Blu-ray, so I think I'm okay. We'll check in on Matt though. Mr. Lundegaard, sorry to bother you again. Can I come in? Yeah, no, I'm kind of I'm uh, kind of busy here. I understand. I'll keep it real short then. I'm on my way out of town, but I was wondering, do you mind if I sit down? Carrying a bit of a load here. No. I... Yeah, it's this vehicle I asked you about yesterday. I was just wondering. Yeah, like I told you, we haven't had any vehicles go missing. Okay. Are you sure? Because I mean, how do you know? Because of the crime I'm investigating, the perpetrators were driving a car with dealer plates, and they called someone who works here, so it'd be quite a coincidence if they weren't, you know, connected. Yeah, I see. So, how do you... Have you done any kind of inventory recently? The car's not from our lot, ma'am. But how do you know that for sure without doing a... Well, I would know. I'm the executive sales manager. Yeah, but I understand. We run a pretty tight ship here. I know, but... Well, how do they establish that, sir? I mean, are the cars counted daily, or what kind of a routine here? Ma'am, I answered your question. He's cooperating, Matt. Yes, he's he is. He's not. He's not suspicious at all. No, no, smooth not at all. <laughs> I want to. You can see too with Francis McDormand that the way that Cohen, this shooter, this is what you, you can, when everything clicks. Yeah, and she does it all with her eyes. Right. You know, it's just it's a great little scene. And that, of course, is Fargo being released in 4K. What is your Fargo status on physical media, Matt? It is DVD only, so I would upgrade Ooh. this if it got to the right price point. I love Fargo. It's a great go. film. There you go. Also uh, coming up here, let's count them down, baby. Number five. We're going to go with Gran Turismo. This is the film that was just out in the theaters, I guess based on a true story about a guy who was a really good video game player, and he ended up actually driving in the Gran Turismo. Is that the name of the race, or is that the name of the I don't know. <laughs> I think Gran Turismo, it's uh, Italian for Grand uh, Drive. Grand Touring, I think. Sure. You get it from Best Buy. You get a steelbook <laughs> for the 4K. Walmart's got a steelbook for the Blu-ray. Uh, you got a Dolby Vision and Atmos uh, audio track, deleting extended scenes, and some making of featurettes. Uh, coming up next, Matt, is a film we talked about, I think, about a month ago. Four! 
And that is It Lives Inside from D Capital Releasing. This is the uh, Indian uh, American young woman there struggling with her cultural identity. She has a falling out with her former best friend and oopsie doozy releases a demonic entity. <laughs> uh, I think we both thought it was good enough. It was entertaining, if not a little rote. Yeah. Um, but it may be worth renting or checking out when it hits your local streaming service. I don't know if it's a buy. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad we are simpatico on that, my friend. Get three coffins ready. Hello. Huh? Criterion is releasing Jackie Chan, Emergence of a Superstar. Just a box set which includes half a load of kung fu, spiritual kung fu, the fearless hyena, fearless hyena 2, the young master, and my lucky stars. All get 2K restorations. There's new audio commentaries, some new interviews, interviews, I like to say, mm -hmm. and more. Uh, so I've been on a weird Jackie Chan kick like the last six months. I've been picking up some of his stuff. Really? I haven't watched any of it yet. Of course In fact, not. I watched Rope twice in the last five days because I'm in that weird Rope jag again. Right. I mean, uh, But still. You know, why would I you watch like any of the movies that you bought that you haven't seen before? So, yeah, no. Why, anyway. why would I do that? Why would you do that? In fact, uh, Black Hat, the director's cut, Michael Mann's director's cut, that 4K, though I think the director's cut is only on Blu-ray. 4K got uh, delivered today, my local Viper video, so I'll be picking that up. My Hellraiser set supposedly will be here within a week at the most, which nice. I'm very excited about. And uh, there's something else, too. I can't remember what. Oh, well. I'm sure Mrs. Right. First One will really appreciate you put throwing on some Hellraiser around Thanksgiving time. She'll really enjoy that. <laughs> have the family yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll say, hey, hey, Mama Sky, I have such, I have such sights to show you. <laughs> All right, what's next? Oh, you know, if I didn't own all of these already, I would be buying this. Looks like we're shy of one horse. <laughs> you brought two too many. Matt, they're putting out a premium box set of all three Clerks films on Blu-ray. And the set basically is a replica of the Quick Stop and the RST video. And behind it, if you turn it around, it looks like the opening of a video return slot, which is where you put the box set in oh, when nice. you're not watching it. That's awesome. And it also comes with stickers and a certificate of authenticity. So uh, I think it's pretty cool. Not like a hundred something bucks worth of cool, since I own all the films on Blu-ray already. Right. But it's one of those things where I'd keep my eye out for it, like in five years. You know, I see it at a used store for like twenty bucks. Right. Then I'll snag it. That time. I did that recently with. Oh, you know what I did that with? The uh, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, really? Remember, they did a, they put a DVD set out in uh, a replica gasoline can. Oh, okay. And uh, I just bought the 4K. And again, another plug for Viper Video. They had it for like four bucks. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bag that. And then I put the 4K in the uh, gasoline can. So look at me. And like I did that with my Wicker Man, too. I haven't done it yet. I have the Wicker Man wooden box DVD when I had the Blu-ray. I swapped it out and I put the Blu-ray in the wooden box. I got that for like three bucks too. and But I do have that steelbook from uh, Best Buy. I have not swapped out that 4K steelbook into that. I don't know if I will because it's a pretty cool looking steelbook. I'm not even not the biggest steelbook fan. but And then this one, Matt, I am really, really excited about. There can be only one. OSS 117. Music Box is putting both films out on Blu-ray in a box. Well, box set. Basically a two-disc set. You got Cairo, Nest of Spies, and Lost in Rio together. Both uh, featuring commentary by Jean Dijard and uh, Michael uh, Hazanovicus. Hazanovicus. I know I'm not ma I'm massacring that. There's a third film in this series that just came out. is on Blu-ray now as well. Though I hear it's not as good and Hazanovicus is not involved in that one. He, maybe he produces it, but he didn't direct it. Uh, includes Both of them include making up featurettes, deleted and alternate scenes, blooper reels, and more. 
Matt, have you seen that OSS 117 reboot that they did? Like I it started like, like 10, 15 years ago. No, I haven't. Cairo Nest of Spies and Lost in Rio, they are hilarious. So what they do is OSS 117 is kind of the French spy, kind of the French James Bond, we'll sure. say, right? Right. And I think it started, it may have started out as a, as a, as a comic. Um, either way, they've been a bunch of movies out of it too. And then they rebooted it for this series. And what they did is though, they made it time period focused. So it's set like in the 50s. And it's more of a, a, a spoof of James Bond than it is like a serious spy series. Okay. And they are hilarious. All I can I can only attest to the first two. I only own the, I own the first one on DVD. I've never owned the other Lost in Rio in any physical format. So I'm really excited to pick these up. So uh, yeah, that's my number one. I also want to tell you too, they're releasing all the individual Marx Brothers movies on Blu-ray, but don't buy it right. because the box set of all the films is like 25 bucks okay or you can pay 15 20 for each one and eh, don't think i'd recommend that recommend that coming up in 4k um showing up uh kelly reichardt's latest film which i wanted to see and did not featuring michelle williams and of course it is the year of hong chow includes a filmmaker commentary with Reichardt, uh, two short films of hers and six collectible postcards this is an a24 specific set matt uh, so you can only get it from them. They have a Blu-ray version as well. Um, I I just want to see it. I don't want to drop forty bucks on a four K of a Kelly record film that I haven't seen yet. Right. So that's not going to happen. Uh, we talked about Fargo, Trading Places, American Graffiti, as well as a Steel Book, Scrooge getting a four K release, Guns of the Navarone in a Steel, Black Hawk Down in a Steel, Violent Night gets its four K release. This is the David Harbor Santa Claus movie. Um, there's also a Steelbook release for that as well. And then Best Buy has a exclusive Scarface Steelbook coming out. Matt, you're straight to DVD pick of the week. This may be one of the greatest titles we've ever had in this segment. That's saying something. Cocaine Crabs from Outer Space. <laughs> when a couple of intergalactic space crabs land on Earth, they encounter the one thing they didn't expect, a duo of dumb frat boys force-feeding them cocaine. As it turns out, cocaine gave space crabs an overbearing impulse to kill. Their string of peculiar homicides has detective Charlie Reese thinking that something smells fishy. Literally. <laughs> but, when he ex- he's, but when he explains to his cat that the crabs may be causing grisly murders, he's quickly dismissed. I, I would dismiss you if, if you told me that cocaine-fused you know, crabs are killing a bunch of people. Trying to back up his theory, Detective Reese seeks the help of a sea life expert, but the best local help he can find is a pet store employee named Alex Bailey. And Alex Bailey's in quotes... I have no idea why. Right. Interesting. Convinced the detective may be onto something, the two of them find themselves teaming up in the deadly wake of the coked out crabs. Matt, what should we be streaming this week? So I know spooky season is officially over, but I did take the opportunity to watch some horror films. And I, I, for whatever reason, I don't know what possessed me to watch these. I watched the first and the latest entry in the hell house llc franchise which is a if you don't know it's a found footage film where the first one is about a group of of uh i guess have a company that that sets up haunted houses for halloween they decide that they're going to set one up in a abandoned haunted hotel and of course scary shit happens and honestly it was pretty fun i was pretty creeped out and it was a lot of fun watching it and then there's a new one out called uh hell house llc origins the carmichael estate that is wasn't bad it wasn't as good as the first one but it wasn't bad at all so 
Hell House LLC is, despite the awkward titles, available on Amazon Prime and Shudder. And the, the newest one, Origins Carmichael Estate, is available on Shudder. If you're a fan of, you know, horror found footage films, it's a really competently done one. They're pretty creepy, and it's a good time. Excellent. You know what I haven't seen a lot of uh, activity about so far yet? I don't know if it's flying under the radar, but the Great British Baking Show is back. Oh, so I've been enjoying that as well. Though I'm a week behind. Okay. So all right, uh, the, and also the the second season of of Invincible, uh, the Robert Kirkman animated show, comes out this Friday, November third. When you're listening to this, will be available on Amazon Prime. And if you haven't seen the first season, it's great. Yeah, I haven't yet. I gotta I gotta check. It's that really out. good. I I started Midnight Mass. I'm about three episodes in. And okay. I got distracted by everything. So maybe I'll finish that and I'll pop on over to uh, Invincible. Thanks, Matt. You're welcome. Let's talk about no hard feelings, shall we? I just want you to know, we have the utmost respect for sex workers. I am uh, not a sex worker. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No. <laughs> so, Maddie, uh, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, here, actually. Wow, a local. I'm jealous. <laughs> you get to live in paradise all year long. I meant to ask this on the phone. But how old are you? Well, I know you were looking for someone early to mid-twenties. I'm slightly older. Right. How old? I just turned 29. Recently? Last year. So you're 29? Last year. And how old are you, like, right now? One more year older. So 30? Yeah. 32. So there you go, Matt. That is a clip from No Hard Feelings. Is it really raunchy sex comedy? I don't. That's how it's. That's how. That's how it was built for itself. That it was raunchy, and there is a very graphic beach fight scene. There is that. That's fair. That's fair. That's a good point. I know. I was going to look too and see if that was actually her because my gut said no. I think it was. I think. So not to get way off track already from, I remember reading some interviews when this came out, I guess she was one part of the, one of the, the people that had their pictures leaked in the fappening uh, where they basically tacked into iClouds and let all these celebrities, personal pictures out. So mm-hmm. when she did red sparrow, she decided that she was going to do nudity to kind of take back her power and like her decision to show her body or whatever. And yeah, I guess okay. once she did that in red sparrow, she grew more comfortable with it and and she was i think this was her from what i understand in in this oh interesting all right basically you heard it there so there's a uh, a couple there uh, their son is he's 19 he's a little naive in the ways of the world he's in a bit of a shell doesn't leave his room that much he's about to go off to college so they put an ad on i don't remember what it was now was it reddit i can't remember where it was I don't remember either. I think I think it was like it wasn't maybe Reddit. It would be Craigslist. I think. Yeah, it was I think Craigslist. It was something as simple as Craigslist. Yeah, thing? it's still around. Yeah, right. basically looking to have some younger woman in her twenties kind of show him a good time, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nay, no more. That's what I've been doing too, Matt. I've listened to a lot of Monty Python on my Apple Music. Mm. I don't know what it is. I'm nice. going through the albums. It's been a nice little, nice. Uh, nice little vacation for me there. Because what happens is Jennifer Lawrence's character. She uh, inherited her house from her mom, and she has to pay the, the taxes on it. She doesn't have any money. She was Ubering for cash, and her car gets seized because of the uh, outstanding uh, property taxes, basically. So she has to figure out another, another way to money, make some money, and this is how she does it. But you know what happens, Matt? A lot of times, it's the friends we make along the way is the real 
uh, journey. It's, not, it's the journey, not the destination, as they say. Right. Mm-hmm. Matt, what are your thoughts on No Hard Feelings? Is it the big uh, kind of raunchy sex comedy f- film we've been waiting for for the last few years? Or is it kind of mm-hmm. just like, all right, that was, I, I laughed. That was okay. That was. Yeah. Oh boy, we haven't. So it's it's true. We haven't really gotten like one of those kind of moment grabbing comedies in a long time, right? And the last one I can really remember is like the first Hangover movie. That's the last time I can think that really a comedy grabbed the national feeling of of you know you have to see this movie. It's so funny, kind of thing. And I would say I I definitely don't. I, this is not a raunchy sex comedy. This would not fit in our marathon that we no. watched, you know, however many years ago. I would say it's more of a graphic rom-com, if you will. It's more of a it's really got a, it's really kind of a, a sweet, you know, other than the subject matter slash graphic nudity in it that it wouldn't feel out that out of place of being a middle of the road high budget lifetime movie right as far as besides you know the 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 subject matter goes it's not riotously funny yeah i laughed a few times but overall i had a good time with the film it's a it's got a decent amount of heart it's a sweet little film you know it talks about things you know the things you read about with this generation the younger generations and how they're dealing with you know being isolated in social media and all that kind of stuff and what it's doing to people and, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good movie. I just, it's not like a riotously funny laugh out loud comedy. No, I, I pretty much agree with you entirely in your assessment there, Matt. It is, I think it, I, there are a couple truly, I think great kind of like deep belly guttural laughs in this film. Mm-hmm. And if it, it has just at least two or three of those, I think I recommend you watch at this point. I think it's smart enough. It's definitely enjoyable. It's not a laugh riot. You're not going to cry from laughing. It's not like a joke a minute type thing here. Um, I will say, though, I think the film really comes alive anytime Jennifer Lawrence is on screen with Natalie Morales and Scott MacArthur. But the Mm -hmm. couple there, I think that the the three of them have a really fun dynamic. And I probably laugh the most in those scenes. Um, And I think it does a relatively good job of kind of capturing the spirit of those 80s kind of sex comedies, if not quite the debauchery of them. Sure. Like, I think, like, more like a one crazy summer type thing, like, right. you know, that kind of feel. I think that is what this film owes itself to. I think that uh, her, that Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman, who plays the kid, I think their chemistry is there. I think they work well together. Yeah. I think it's fine. I think they successfully dodged most of the potential problematic aspects of the conceit of the film pretty well. Sure. And I think the one thing I do, I think those the emotional core of the film does fall a bit flat for me. I feel like the film's heart is in its right place. And I think it mostly nails the sincerity that it's going for. But it, it felt, like you said, a little too lifetimey. Particularly mm-hmm. at the end, I think it wraps up a bit too quaintly. I think the uh, the dog is an obvious eye-rolling move, right? right. It, little things like that. You know how it's going to end. You know what's going to happen. And I think it doesn't, as we say, it doesn't quite stick the landing. But overall, if you're looking for an enjoyable film to watch with the missus or the mister or whomever, some friends get together, you, you could do worse. 
for a comedy. Yeah. I, I ended up giving No Hard Feelings a B. Yeah. Yeah, it's got definitely got broad appeal. Yeah. I mean, I think this can work for a lot of people. And I think uh, Chris is spot on in the grade. I think a B is where it sits. I, I think I'll be interested to see the other, you know, if it ever comes out on streaming, the other kind of raunchy comedy of the summer in Joyride um, and see what we get with that. Mm. But, you know, I thought this was fine. What are your thoughts on No Hard Feelings, folks? Just an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. It is currently streaming on Netflix. The number one movie. I think it's actually number two now. That's The Painkiller or something like that. That may be number one. Okay, fair enough. Chris Evans and... Um, um, Emily Blunt? Yes, thank you, Emily Blunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Quiet Place Lady. Feedback to the first round I got. All right, Matt, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. And let's introduce the uh, kids out there to five gateway horror films. This didn't make the cut for me because it's rated R. Oh, none of my okay. films are rated R. All right? Okay, fair enough. But, I th- well, it's it's also like 30 years old, so you might be able to get away with it. Is it 40 years old? Oh, dear God. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Are you guys sniffing old newsprint or something? You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? Well, I'll tell you something. You don't know shit, buddy. Yeah. You think we just work in a comic book store for our folks, huh? Actually, I thought it was a bakery. This is just our cover. We're dedicated to a higher purpose. We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Right. Hey, man. Read this. I told you, I don't like horror comics. Think of it more as a survival manual. There's a number on the back. And pray you never need to call us. I'll pray I never need to call you. Matt, that, of course, is a clip from The Lost Boys, one of the uh, more influential horror films of the 80s. A great, great film, So, uh, though I haven't watched it in a very, very long time. Matt, Gateway Horror Films, kick us off. What's your number All right. five? All right, so my number five is incredibly easy to find. And the reason for that is because they screwed up the copyright, and they don't have a copyright on this film. But it is the first of its kind, really, and really sets the template for many things that came to follow. Became a cliche, but it is still incredibly effective. Talking about George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead, the original in black and white. It is incredibly creepy. It's got atmosphere to spare. It's got some one of my favorite lines of any film with uh, I'm Coming to Get You, Barbara. I think it's incredibly uh, effective as far as the way all that stuff works. And it's, it's not particularly graphic, but it's just got this overbearing sense of foreboding. And it's, it's actually still genuinely scary or at least unsettling mm-hmm. while you watch it. And, and I, that's, that's my number five. That is a good pick, Matt. I did I ever tell you the story about the night of the day of the dawn of the, whatever it is. No, it's a very long title, but basically what had happened is since it's in the public domain, somebody redubbed the entire film. And uh, they made it basically kind of a comedy. And I remember watching it in high school with my friends. I think it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. I found it online. And I have not watched it yet. But um, I feel like we've talked about this because I thought I sent it to you. Yeah, maybe you did talk. Maybe we did talk about it. It's not ringing any bells. Fair enough. Anyway, yeah, it's yeah, good pick. All right, my number five, Matt, then, is the Canadian thriller The Gate. 
uh, a couple kids are messing around in their backyard and they oopsie daisy again open up a portal or a gate if you will to some realm of evil gods and they have to basically fight them back and uh it was a big influential film for me and that came out in 87 so i was 12 years old i think i watched i rented it from the local video store and it was one of the films that sparked my love of horror i have not seen this thing now i'll be honest with you i've not seen this thing in probably 87 so what's the math on that i don't even know but i'll, I'll say 30 years we'll say we'll say that i haven't basically seen it since i saw it on vhs as a kid I, but it was burned into my mind. All those little creepy guys, you know, that come out. It, you know, it's, what's great too, I found it at Walmart on Blu-ray for like six bucks. So I picked it up and I have not watched it yet, of course. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to checking it out again. But I just had a very big impact. It was one of my gateways. So the gate is my five. And it's got gate in the title. I really couldn't ignore it. It's perfect. You really, you really, there was no choice but to pick it. Really. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So I know there's been a lot of backlash on this movie. A lot of people don't, you know, they, they weren't there when it came out, so they don't have the kind of remembrance or the foundation for this. But I still think, I still challenge you to say that it still holds up. And I think you should give it a chance. It's the Blair Witch Project, the masterclass in guerrilla marketing, the one that really took the lead on using the internet to convince people that the film that they were about to watch was real. And I don't care what anybody says. A lot of people thought this thing was real. It's about three film students who go into the woods to do some research and make a film about a local uh, legend. And it turns out that it's real and it won't let them leave. And that final shot is still one of the best you know, a, a shot of any horror films. It's, it's, it really creeps you out. So it's, it's, I know a lot of people don't like it or it's gotten a lot of backlash later, but it's still a good movie. I was up late last night working my way through my Friday the 13th box set. I'm uh, mostly through Jason X and mm-hmm. uh, I just got too tired. I went to bed. I think it was like 1130, 45. But during that time I was like, man, I haven't watched Blair Witch in a long time, but I only have it on DVD. And it was mm-hmm. ten bucks on iTunes for that, and uh, Adam Wingard's Blair Witch as a combo. Okay, so, nice. So I, I pulled the trigger on that. So yeah, again, you know, something I probably won't watch anytime soon. Yeah, it'll sit. It'll sit on your hard drive for the rest of your life. Basically, you know? yeah. So, so yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I've been wanting to revisit that for a long. You're right, and I'll say too, Wingard's film may have some issues with it, and maybe sometimes a bit of too much of a retread of the first film. But I say the last twenty minutes of that film are rip roaring. Good. So yeah, it's effective. Yeah, so it's worth it for that. That's interesting, Matt. All mine are kind of kid focused. So my mm. number four is Coraline. It's an animated film about a young girl, Coraline Jones, and she has to adapt to a new life. She um, meets a nice little what little kind of uh, black cat, and re- leads her to this little bricked up what doorway in her house and she, but the she's able to get through it and she finds herself in an alternate world where her parents and that's like an alternate dark version of her life and her parents have little button eyes and things go really weird and creepy and i think it's another great gateway for younger kids i don't know what would you go Coraline age at like 12 um i could i could go a little younger than that i think my daughter watched it or like she wanted to watch it like when she was like nine or ten years old okay 
Yeah. So, but it's got just a, a safe enough amount of creepiness. So even, but it works as an adult as well because we were adults when we yeah. saw it, and it does yeah. have a weird vibe to it all the way through. And the animation is fantastic as well. So um, it's one of the Leica films. But I've always really enjoyed Coraline. I've always said if I had had kids, because that would be one of the films I would show them to kind of ease them into horror fandom. Yeah, it's a good pick. So my number three is is Bimby a bit of a cheat. It is rated R. Now, so this is a, not a gateway for the youngsters, right? Mm-hmm. This is a gateway for people who never really watched horror films. They thought that they wouldn't be into it or they don't like being scared or they're too intense or whatever. So I'm going to recommend the original Wes Craven Scream that came out in the early to mid-90s. It is graphic at parts. You know, there is blood and violence in it. There are some parts that are suspenseful, but it's not so scary because it kind of winks at itself. Mm-hmm. That I think it's a really good way to like ease yourself into, especially like the slasher genre, right? Like you can get ones that are much more scary than this, that are much more graphic than this, but it's got all the story beats. It kind of lets you lays out like what kind of this type of horror film that you're going to see or what to expect. And it's a good gateway because if you like Scream, you know, there's a good chance that you're going to like a lot of these other ones. And even if you don't like the rest of them, that this is maybe like your level, like this is kind of where you sit on the horror fandom. And then you can find out what other things kind of meet your level. I mean, honestly honks me off. Listen, let me tell you why that honks me off. That's a clip. Why does that honk you? (laughs) That's a clip from my governor. (laughs) (laughs) What a PDB podcast. It honks him off. I just needed it as a drop. Here's my problem with that. It honks me off, Matt. Okay. Is, I feel like you're robbing yourself of the grand experience of Scream by not having that horror experience because that film is built up because of, what, 60 years of horror films. Mm. Aren't you all concerned you're not going to get the full experience because you will not have seen the films that that movie is riffing on basically through its entire runtime? So I will say this. So we... What brought this? One of the things that kind of brought this to mind is that we work with a gentleman, um, Chris and I. He is super into like slasher horror films. Those are his favorite, right? And he was telling me about how one of his friends never really watched horror films, was never really into them, you know, always thought they were too scary. So he introduced her to it with the original Scream and she loved it. Like, and she thought, okay, this is a good starting point. Like I, I'm not, I'm not ready to go anything scarier than this, but like, but this is a good kind of entryway to horror films. So it it worked for this one person. So when we kind of talked to, when you brought up this idea, Mm -hmm. it immediately came to mind. And I thought more of it to myself that, yeah, I thought about putting the original Halloween on there as kind of the urtext of, of slasher films. But I went, I went with scream just because I think, it's got that kind of self-referential winking to it that kind of takes some of the edge off. That's fair. That's interesting. All right. I don't agree with it, but if it works for that person, then good for them. <laughs> My number three, then, is another film from the 80s. is 1987's The Monster Squad by Fred Decker. Mm. Uh, about a, uh, a, couple, a, a bunch of kids who end up running into basically the Universal Monsters. And mm-hmm. have to team up and beat them all back. Dracula, Wolfman, the Mummy, Frankenstein, everybody's here. Phoebe the Phoebe. Uh, but uh, still, it's it's 
there's some people who think the film stinks, and I just, I don't I don't agree with you. I don't agree with you. I think yeah. it's a it's a fun, great little '80s monster kind of kids kind of comedy film, and it's a lot of fun. It's just fun. Yeah. It does it doesn't really lean into the scares that much at all. Maybe if you're, if you're a little kid, there'll be some there, but I think it's just a it's a loving homage to uh, all those universal monsters, and I should say to the creature from the Black Lagoon. I didn't, I didn't name drop him right. I think it's just Gil yeah, name this, right? Yeah, yeah. So there you go, Matt. Monster Squad is a blast, and it's my number three. What are your thoughts on Monster Squad? I really enjoyed it, but here's the thing: I, I think you have to be introduced to Monster Squad. You have to watch it for the first time when you're a kid. Mm. Like I think if you're an adult. And you're just coming to this and all you heard about is how great it is. You're going to be like, well, what, what was so great about that? Because I think you have to be in that kid headspace to watch it. Well, all my films are. So there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. So my number two then is um, a, another what brought uh, a particular director who became, you know, kind of a cliche of himself onto the map and introduced the whole idea of, of the twist ending that he did to death. But it was incredibly effective in this film. Talking about The Sixth Sense, mm-hmm. uh, it is a, again, not violent at all. There is one kind of gross out moment. There are some really intense, scary pieces in it. But again, this film is all about mood. It's about the ending. It's about the performances. And, you know, if you're talking to a film buff who doesn't watch horror films because they're so busy sniffing their own farts and they're too good for horror films. Well, this was nominated for a bunch of Oscars. I think this would be a good gateway for someone who's a bit of a snob and, you know, again, not super into violence or anything like that, but it it has tons of atmosphere to spare. Absolutely. I haven't watched that. I've been waiting for a 4k release of the sixth sense for, I don't know how Mm -hmm. long now I just have it on DVD. It's been on sale on iTunes. I think an, an HD version, I think for like five bucks over and over again, but I'm just not, I'm not pulling the trigger because I'm waiting for that. I got my Unbreakable. Now I just need that sixth sense. So there you go. That's a good pick, Matt. My number two then is a film that I, I don't know, I probably push this film a couple times a year whenever the uh, spooky season comes around. And that is the Walt Disney classic, uh, Something Wicked This Way Comes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some uh, two young boys who uh, get in a little trouble after school one day. And um, they end up kind of running in. They, well, just, let me say that. Let me say. The carnival comes to town, right? And uh, Jonathan Price is the, uh, the the head guy in charge. And what's interesting about this carnival, Matt, is that it can basically grant whatever wish you have, but for a price. And it is back. It is I think Matt and I we had talked about this a little bit too. Mm. Uh, back when Disney was doing more kind of. I don't know if adult fair is the right word, but just doing stuff maybe for older kids or whatever the case may be. They dabbled in more kind of dangerous kind of films. And this right. is one of those. It had a big impact on me as a kid. And uh, I've always really, I've been dying to see it again. I'm not even sure if is it, it's available anywhere. I'd have to look that up and see if you can stream it anywhere. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's available on Blu-ray. I think it was part of the, the Disney Movie Club, if you remember. It's part of it. Yeah. You can get it there. But still, something wicked this way comes creeped the hell out of me as a kid. So uh, that's my number two. The problem is I don't know if you have a way you can really see it. I would be surprised. You don't. I know like the black hole is on Disney Plus. You wouldn't think that's that's on Disney Plus as well. I'm gonna look it up right now while you're talking. So okay, all right. So my number one then again is when we were talking about this, Scream was one of the the 
movies that jumped into my head, but this is the one that I thought was the kind of ultimate example of a gateway horror film. It is the film that came out in the eighties that basically necessitated the creation of the PG 13 rating. So I'm talking about Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper's poltergeist about a family who moves into a cookie cutter, you know, created community or, or designed community in California. And they come to find out that uh, their house is haunted and it is affecting their family. Now, if you watch it today, it has a little bit of some hokey elements in it. It has some stuff that um, is a little silly in some parts, but in other things like that damn clown, I know that terrified many a person uh, I know many personally who saw that when we were kids that were freaked out by that damn clown. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and it's got some actually really graphic and disturbing scenes in it that, again, necessitated the creation of the PG-13 rating. So I think it's just scary enough. It's got a little bit of a silliness to it, but it is it takes itself very seriously. And it is a classic film. So I, I had to go with that as my number one. That is mm, interesting. All right. I feel that it that's too scary. I really think, think it so? is. But fair enough. See, that was like, I remember when we were kids, like, we watched that, like, and it was like, that was like a big deal. Like, we're oh, we're, getting, get, we're getting ready to watch a scary movie yeah. and we're going to watch Poltergeist kind of thing when we first saw it for the first time. So, and I think that was, it, you're right. I think it's right on the edge of being too scary, but it's like as, like as far as you can take it without it going over that line. All right, well, I think my number one actually is the quintessential litmus test. Just kind of see <laughs> where your kids are on their horror okay. kind of scary level. And that is Joe Dante's Gremlins. I think mm. the uh, great little film about the uh, young boy who gets the uh, present of the uh, Mugwai mm-hmm. as a Christmas present. And also it's a Christmas movie too, right? And uh, yeah, you just make true. sure you can't feed it after midnight. You can't get it, let it get wet. You know, because, you know, shit going to happen. Shit's going to go down. Right. So, uh, but Gremlins is fantastic. So, uh, I have another film I haven't seen in a very long time. I just picked it up on Blu-ray. There was a triple pack. They didn't have any of the films. It's Gremlins 1, 2, and um, uh, Goonies. Yeah. Okay. So, nice. It's a, good, it's a good little set there. That's a good pack, yeah. But, uh, you know, Gremlins is fantastic. It's written by Chris Columbus, Zach Galligan, and features also my, my first wife, Phoebe Cates. So... <laughs> great though scary little film but it and it's violent enough gory enough a little bit you know mm-hmm. it's just it's a good place to see where your kid is in regards to kind of going into and exploring other horror films so yeah. uh, gremlins is my one uh something yeah gremlins is go oh god sorry something wicked this way come is not available period online okay. in any capacity right. that's too bad Guess you have to sail the high seas to get it. Ahoy there. You know, and if it's not available, that's what you got to do if you want to see it. But anyway, they, I would say, I agree that Gremlins is a great film, but I would disagree with Chris's assessment. To me, Gremlins is always a little too funny. Um, but I guess depending on how, how young is the kid that you're, the person you're trying to introduce and indoctrinate into this whole horror thing. And I think that's really the thing you got to ask yourself. You can buy the uh, Blu-ray on Amazon right now for something with this way comes for $48.79. So it's out of print, too. That's great. It, yeah. There's some DVD copies of it, but um, God, I would almost join the Disney Movie Club just to get it if it's still even available there. I wanted yeah. to see this thing for so long. I loved it so much as a kid. 
Oh, well. What are you going to do? Honorable mentions, Matt. Uh, So Robert Rodriguez's alien invasion film, The Faculty, Mm -hmm. is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Conjuring, the original Conjuring, I think is a good, scary, again, not super gory, but still very intense uh, film. I have a real soft spot for Sleepy Hollow starring Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci by, uh, what's his name? Um, Tim Burton. Tim Burton, thank you. And then I I was so, so close to putting this on, on the list, but... I, I left it off, but I think honestly, you could put Jaws anywhere yep. on either of our list as a as a great candidate for a, a a horror film, and it's just one of the best. It's one of those perfect films that 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 those few perfect films that are out there. Again, I just think too scary for for me for a kid. I think it's mm. just too intense. Well, that should say what's something about about me because I think I remember getting this from the library when I was like seven years old, and it it, it freaked me the hell out. But I I remember watching it when I was really really young. And another funny th- funny thing about Jaws too, it's one of those where the book is excuse me the the movie is better than the book. I read the book yeah. in high school, and it is not good. Yeah, I've heard bad things about it. The Godfather I've also heard is not great yeah. compared to how good the movie is. Nice. Um, I had Poltergeist on my list. I had Return to Oz. Uh, mm, on there, okay. I have we talk Lost Boys an opening clip. The original Fright Night, yeah. um, with Chris Sarandon is uh, a good one. The Burbs, so I haven't seen The Burbs in a very long time. That thing's much, much more comedy than it is horror. Uh, here's another good one. Tremors, I think, is a yeah. good one. Again, though, a little tongue in cheek. Same to go with Beetlejuice. I'd throw on there. You mentioned Sleepy Hollow and The Sixth Sense, and then Arachnophobia. Yeah, all right. Would be yeah, a good yeah, one yeah. as well, which you can, uh, uh, I think, Scream Factory put one out, a Blu-ray of Arachnophobia about a year ago. So there you go, folks. Those are the gateway horror recommendations we have for the friend and or kid in your life. Um, what would some of your suggestions be? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Don't get honked off. We'd love to hear from you. <laughs> Matt, what's coming up next week on The Big Show? Well, that is a bit up in the air right now. So right now on the calendar, well, I can tell you what I've bought yeah. a ticket for, if that helps you. Oh, uh, okay, sure. Part of it you tell was me what we're saying. part of it was that I wasn't sure what was going to be playing when I first filled out the sheet here. I can okay. confirm here for me, Anatomy of a Fall is playing, and since that was the okay. Palm Door winner, uh, okay. I feel like we should catch up with it. So you'll have to let me know if that is playing near you. Okay. If it's not, the other things that are candidates are uh, Priscilla, the new joint from Sofia Coppola, mm-hmm. and something called Marsh King's Daughter, which I'm not familiar Daisy with. Daisy Ridley uh, stars in it. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. And then and then Chris is going to get his way. We're going to get to watch his old man film, and The Haunting in Venice is finally coming out that we can watch. I watched Death on the Nile, finally, for the first time this week. Yeah. That's not good. This is as dire as we thought it was. Yeah, be. it's it's yeah. the first film is much better than Death on the Nile. The problem with Death on the Nile is that the reveal at the end it's so anticlimactic, and even in it's, mm-hmm. it has this big flashy ending, and even mm-hmm. then you're like, okay, well that's over. It feels like it, the the payoff emotionally never really comes. the 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 reveal of the murderer is just so it's just portrayed so ho humbly that it's just. It's a big disappointment. Now, I've heard Haunting in Venice right. is supposed to be pretty good. So, okay. oh, and also, too, I laughed for a good two or three minutes straight. I am not being hyperbolic. They reveal why Poirot has the mustache that he has in the opening of the film. 
and it is just chef's kiss ridiculous matt you you have to see (laughs) i don't want to ruin it for you just like google it or youtube like you know opening of a death on the nile poro mustache or something it is okay it is so heavy-handed and over the top that it's 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 like it's uh campy it's so ridiculous right right all right so fair enough and i just looked it up it looks like we will be checking out anatomy of a fall because uh there's three shows so i can make one work at some point it is two and a half coming in hard coming in hot at two and a half hours great i love there's nothing more that i love than than a really long movie i still i'm still very proud of myself that i was able to make it all the way through killers of the flower moon without having to uh, use the little boys room as an old man yeah yeah well that means you just didn't have any refreshment at all and you probably didn't drink anything like an hour before you went in Mm, you know what i asked actually i asked the theater they can make the popcorn without salt oh because i have to kind of stay away from salt now because of my blood pressure issues blood pressure i don't have to go on medication though i saw the doctor there's no medication for you old man so i was very excited about that good i'm still not going to get it it's still really bad for you but i just i was like i'm like hey do you guys make it without the salt and i'm like like, oh yeah we can do that and i'm like oh i didn't know that yeah i remember when i was making it when i was a you know kid working at one that basically when we would make it i mean that butter flavoring most of the butter flavoring comes from a buttered flavored salt that we would pour over the whole right. damn yeah, thing yeah. so and then mix it all together Same. when we made it so um yeah it's interesting that they can make it without salt good time so there you go folks if you uh, like your popcorn but you, you can't handle the salt though i'm sure there might be some in the in the popper making mm. its way still yeah there. i i think you you can probably get i mean unless you're really bad with salt i mean i'm sure a, a little bit's not gonna kill yeah, you yeah well Fingers crossed. <laughs> Meantime, check us out at thefirstrun.com. Uh, check out all archives, all the old shows. Uh, head on over to uh, uh, Apple Podcasts. Give us a review to help other people find the show. And, of course, we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to search for The First Run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you'll find us. And that's going to be it for this week, Matt. So why don't we go ahead and take an extended break? Uh, we love you all very much. Don't get honked Notice off. anything Wait, we're playing a clip right now, Matt. We should be playing Santa a clip. Stop playing a no. clip, Matt. Stop it. Notice Stop. It. Stop. 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 All right, here we go. Thank you very much. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you all soon. Hit the wrong button. I still have my little remote player thing. I'm not even supposed to be here today.